Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Brand Sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Brand Sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order with code BUTTERY. So head to bollandbranch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. You want to know what the best email marketing service is for your small business? Well, I've got the team for you. Emailtooltester.com is the place to find reviews and tutorials of newsletter services like ActiveCampaign, MailChimp, GetResponse, and many more. Download their free comparison spreadsheet that will help you find the best email marketing service among many providers. Just Google Email Tool Tester Comparison Template to find it. Again, just Google it. Email Tool Tester Comparison Template to find it. You know I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. Welcome to Marketing Today. I'm your host, Alan Hart, managing partner of Atomic, combining brand science and creative fire. Today on the show, I've got Alan Gelman, CMO of eSurance. We talk about how storytelling is key to all the new technology out there, whether it's bots, AI, AR, VR, or IoT. We also talk about the future of marketing and where people need to be focused, which is still on getting back to basics of meeting the needs of your customers and knowing them, driving results, and ultimately the integration of thinking that we have to achieve as marketers with all of the proliferation of media and tools that are in front of us. The key insight for me today was his belief that embracing change 
creates great opportunity. Well, Alan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be with you. Before we get too far into this, I wanted to get your background before becoming CMO of eSurance. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, I, I grew up in uh, the CPG world. I was, after getting an MBA, I before that briefly worked in advertising and media specifically. But I worked in uh, General Foods, Kraft, before the merger, and then with Conagra Grocery for about a decade, and moved on to worked in healthcare, uh, Blue Shield of California, later went to Wells Fargo, where I worked for about 10 years in various roles, digital marketing, strategy, analytics, etc., and uh, then joined eSurance about three years ago. Nice. Congrats on being named one of the top 50 most innovative CMOs by Business Insider. Thanks. That's a phenomenal achievement. Um, what, what does that, what, is, what do those types of awards and lists mean to you? Yeah, so to me, it's, I mean, while it's certainly a very nice honor, it's really a, just a great recognition of our team here. It, it talks about the willingness and even the eagerness to try new things. And ultimately, it's how do you drive growth through innovation? And that's really what I focus on, what I like to think about, what my, I like to have my team focus their energy around. And it's how do you drive innovation, not for innovation's sake, but in service of customers, consumers, and then ultimately the business. So being named one of the top 50 most innovative CMOs really was a recognition of trying innovation, trying things, and having success with them. And, but it's really the, about the whole team that has accomplished that, both our internal team as well as our agency partners across the board. Where does traditional marketing, you know, storytelling and advertising in its traditional sense, I guess, fit into the world with all these new technologies like bots and um, artificial intelligence? You've got augmented reality, virtual reality, Internet of Things. Um, I think, you know, you, you probably have a unique perspective on this. Yeah, so it's interesting. The, the, the things you mentioned, and they're all important in their own ways and in different ways and with lots of overlap, but they're all about tools. That's what, those are just uh, the technology capabilities are really the starting point has to be that great marketing is about understanding consumers' needs. It's about championing for them with products, with services, with experiences, and then it's about communicating. I think too often we think about marketing purely on the communication side, but it's, that's just the end of the flow. The starting point is depth of understanding, and that's about data and leveraging insight and information. And then what are the tools? So you know, we can talk about each of those in some ways, but then, it, uh, and I'll come back to it, Storytelling still matters. You know, part of your question is, you know, how does that change with these new technologies? And it, it does change, but it's still about storytelling, and it's about delivering messages that are compelling. Technology supports that. Technology helps customers to also tell those stories on our behalf far more than they used to. So, you know, let's talk about a couple of them. So. Uh, you mentioned you know, bots and AI. So, mm -hmm. um, they, the artificial intelligence, deep learning, machine learning—you know—they're all related technologies. 
which are about the insights you can get from data and information. It's also about how do you build new products and services, and we can talk about that as an example. Uh, safer driving, that's a major focus for us that we'll probably talk more about in the coming minutes. That that's about how do we leverage artificial intelligence to help make people safer. Uh, it's also going to be about how do we use artificial intelligence to think about where do we reach people, how do we reach people down the communication flow. But it starts with the insight up front, then it's about how do you design products and services and experiences, leveraging those insight, that data, that information, to actually create products and services and experiences. And then how do you leverage that to go find people um, in the right way, the right time, the right places, to tell stories and deliver your messaging. Um, another one on technology you mentioned, or a couple of them, was you know augmented reality, virtual reality, or what's increasingly being called mixed reality. Yeah, that, that was one of the major themes recently at CES. And that, to me, is all about deepening, deepening experiences. It's still early, so I, there's a lot of fascination with it, and I think for good reason. Uh, it's especially powerful early on in areas like sports and entertainment, and I think retail, too, is going to ex be explosive with those technologies. And that's all aspects of retail, even things like the... Uh, auto dealers and how do you do test drives, for example, will be a place where you can use both AR and VR. But it's going to broaden. It'll move into education, a huge amount of business-to-business -business opportunities, and I think will increasingly connect. Uh, one area, when I think about virtual reality in particular, which is you know, significantly more advanced already than augmented reality, uh, is too often virtual reality can wind up being separating you from social interactions and creating, putting you in your own separate place. But the technology is advancing a lot, and in, in gaming it's most evident, where you can actually participate together. So you're actually not necessarily separating yourself from those around you. You're actually engaging with them in a virtual space, but it's still the real human beings you want to be engaging with too. So I think that's going to be evolving a lot, uh, obviously, as prices come down on the headsets and the VR side, and as uh, marketers lean into how do you use the capability, that can be, I think, pretty powerful over time. But it, as I mentioned, it's pretty new. And then the Internet of Things is a territory which is really about just connectivity, how are lives connected. Uh, again, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about CES having come back from it recently, but it's a, a major focus there around connected cars, connected homes, and the interaction between the two, where there's so much inter interoperability that's not yet solved for, but it will be. And then it's just about how our lives are connected, and then how can we as marketers connect in to those experiences and leverage that data. And we, it's something that we at eShowance do a, a lot of, which is starting with the DNA of how do we take data, insight, technology, and innovation to create uh, better outcomes for people. You just talked about CES. Was there anything in particular that you saw that you want to share you thought was interesting or maybe outlandish even? I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. I guess there, I'm sure there's a lot that's outlandish, but the, the thematic <laughs> piece of it is 
powerful to me, which is the, what I was just referring to, the, uh, the connected life, if you will. Can we talk about connected car, connected home? Uh, I saw a lot of evolution versus, I, I had missed CES last year, but I, uh, when I was last there two years ago, there, you know, autonomous driving and connected car has been big for a few years, and, but it's obviously accelerating, I guess, pun intended, and the, <laughs> it connects into the home too. There was a lot more of what does it mean to bring the home and the car together, but I really think about it as what is my connected life? We know that we all walk around with these computers in our pockets, and we don't think of them as computers in our pockets. That's just our life. I know, you know I'd be lost without mine, and I think most people would say the same. The what I saw at CES was a lot of connectivity and integration. Alexa was a big story. Amazon's done a tremendous job. And you know some of the other players have too, and they're growing. But it was telling to me, I think uh, the statistic I heard was that you know, Alexa, not, not just the Amazon Echo, but the, the APIs of Alexa itself and the, the voice technology has now been built into, I believe, 7,000 products. Uh, over the last uh, six months or so, or something like that. I think it was 1,000 integrations as of last June and then 7,000 now. So that just speaks to the explosive desire from businesses and the recognition that that connected life is going to be such an important part. And you know, back to AI, because that's what this is really about too. These aren't separate capabilities. It's voice-driven. So it's just how are we operating. We're not thinking about it as, and I don't think consumers are thinking about it as IoT. Most consumers couldn't even tell you what that means. <laughs> but if you talk about it as, oh, my, I'm, my, my life is all about being connected, and everything I do should be connected with each other and just make life easier, simpler, and just fluid, that's what was uh, showing up quite a bit at CES this year. Interesting. So we, this is a nice transition because we're talking about all these great tools for marketers that are on our horizon. But there's already been a shift, I think, in media consumption and how consumers are consuming media. So I was wondering if you, you know, might take a minute to tell me how do you see that changing, and do you think there's technologies that that are available to help us help us, um, you know, still reach the people we're trying to reach? Yeah, uh, certainly. And I'll actually I'll bridge from the the prior topic a little bit too. Even thinking about how do we as marketers connect the dots in that storytelling. What does it mean? What's the, what are we trying to communicate? Once we've leveraged the and gotten the insights, once we've built the right products and services and experiences, and I really don't want to underplay those because that's where the bulk of the effort actually has to come. But then it's how do you tell the stories? Uh, as an example of that, uh, this past year, you know, a few months back, we you know there was all the craze around mobile gaming. And we at eShorns tapped into that, and it was, that was augmented reality, and it was leveraging devices, and everyone walking around and driving around doing these, this mobile gaming. And we said, you know, th there's a whole lot of risk that comes with that. So how do we tie into what we're about? And you always have to start with who are you as a company, not just what do you sell, uh, not how you sell it or how you communicate, but why do you exist? And what, what are you in it for? And I think it's a worthwhile detour for a minute here because for us at eShorts, we've said, how do we think about what our belief system is? 
And we believe that embracing change creates great possibility. And that's what we just talked about, all the change we saw at CES, all the changes we're seeing in the industry. And so we have that belief, and so it takes us to, we exist to modernize protection and help people thrive in the modern world. Well, if that's why we exist, if that's what we're about, then how do you leverage technologies and stories to create products, to create services, to build experiences, and then tell that story? And the example for us was we created Don't Catch and Drive. So it's just a, a tactical example, but it's one where how do you think differently ties back to the, that innovation conversation we had a few minutes ago. In this case, we wanted to bring people's attention to the fact that a lot of people weren't actually behaving safely, driving safely with mobile gaming. So we said, don't catch and drive. We tapped into augmented reality with that campaign. And we did it in a way that was playful. And we said, how do we, you know, we actually created the Fender Bendix character that you would want to catch or you actually wouldn't want to catch. Or the, <laughs> you know, a dented door caused by a ding duck. You know, as you're trying to catch the ding duck. So it's a playful way of leveraging a technology and an experience that was also core to our purpose, which is how do we make people safer? So that's one example. Now let me bridge to the more specific question you asked, which is the I think you were really asking about the changing media landscape in some ways. Is that right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that translates to there is so much data and insight and information and what we have to do is leverage that to get really precise and fine-tuned in who is it we want to reach, who do we best serve, and how do we find them across media. I remain a big believer in the power of sight, sound, and motion. Uh, we can get caught up in all the technologies and say, what's the most efficient way, and go through all the auction processes, and with you know, programmatic being a major area that we've seen change in the industry and the various flavors of programmatic. You know, there's obviously display and then there's programmatic video and digital and then increasingly programmatic TV, which is quite a different animal. All of which is about can you find the, the right audiences for your brand at scale, delivered efficiently, uh, in the right sequence, that communicates what you want to communicate and then to efficiently acquire customers. And that's thinking about both the upper funnel and the lower funnel. It's about brand building and about driving performance at the bottom of the funnel. And we have to think about those two concurrently and the dynamic tension that exists on how they fit together. I mean, that's, that's quite a, a list of opportunities to take advantage of these tools. Are there challenges as well? Um, do you think that there presents some challenges to this as, well, as you're trying to deploy all of these things? Absolutely. So uh, many marketers have deployed or are in the process of deploying these marketing technology stacks. So what does that mean or what's it about is how it's all about how do you create the insight, bring in the data to then go reach efficiently and effectively against both the brand metrics and on the performance metrics. But there's challenges. So a, a good example where uh, programmatic uh, digital is now fairly advanced. Now, there's not all the transparency yet there that it needs to be. And there's a, there's a lot of advances in areas of viewability, 
scenario like verification as well and fraud. These are all very big challenges. Each of those three is a significant challenge. You know, if I if it showed up on a site, does it count if I never scrolled to see an ad? That's right. viewability. Verification. Did it actually show up? Uh, can I verify that I paid for something that showed up? Um, and then fraud is obvious. That's different entirely. That's about bad players and actors, and there are plenty of those. Because where there's money, there's you, people are going to find a way. And these are spaces where we need to be very tightly focused as an individual company, as individual marketers, and then clearly as an industry to protect ourselves. And we're, we do that actively along with our agency partners. We do it both in-house and with, in partnership uh, on the digital side. If you want to understand how marketing is changing and how that will affect your brand, you need Future Proof, the podcast from Kantar that tells you how to find growth. Created in conjunction with Side Business School at Oxford University, the Future Proof podcast provides a unique perspective on what truly makes a difference. To understand what's winning in marketing, subscribe to Future Proof, the Kantar podcast, now. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. I would say programmatic TV is much more in its infancy. Uh, there's, there's, I think, going to be a huge value to it because the bigger screens do still matter. I, I forget the statistics, but I want to say you know two thirds of people are binge watching. You know, ninety percent are multitasking. Um, most are streaming at least sometime during the month, right. which means there's also all this data attached to the whether it's the set-top boxes or the other technologies, to then say, how do I actually reach one person and not another at a point in time watching the same show? And we're getting better and better at that. The industry is too. But in the large-screen TV side, the more traditional TV side has still a lot of other marketplace actions operating, and it's still much more CPM-based versus auction-based, which is a significant challenge that we and others need to overcome, but I think it will scale further. But overall, these technologies, these capabilities, like programmatic, like leveraging the, the DMPs and DSPs and understanding where the overlap is and how do you not have duplicative audiences unless you want to, and if you do it, you're reaching them in the way you want to, has a great deal of upside but it also needs careful attention over time. Is there anything, you know, as you've, you've experienced and, and, and worked with these technologies, is there anything, you know, tip or um, some learnings that you've had along the way that you might want to pass along to somebody else that may not be as far down the path as you? Yeah, I, I, th I guess what I would say is that there, each brand is going to have to assess for itself what is the optimal... Yeah, and, and well, I'll back up. In the old world, we used to just talk about reach and frequency, CPMs, GRPs, and the like. Those aren't bad concepts, but it's understanding now in the, what are the right subpopulations, and then what, how do you really actively manage reach 
and trade-offs with frequency and who are you reaching and what channels and what sequencing. And the sequencing side is even more challenging because you start to look at, well, if I want to deliver, a, let's say, a creative series of messages, I can't completely control that sequence. I can try, but I, it will be imperfect. So plenty of people will see them in a different sequence than I may have intended, and maybe that's okay. But even thinking about the storytelling that cuts across creative assets, cuts across channels of reach, is a more sophisticated way of saying, who am I reaching, how am I reaching them, and then what's the right degree of uh, frequency across channels that I want to manage to, and that may be different by, it will be different by brand, and they'll be different based on whether this is really about moving on the needle on a brand metric versus moving the needle on a performance metric, like, you know, cost per acquisition. What does engagement with the brand look like today, but maybe for both customers, those people that, you know, are already in your book, so to speak, and those per those prospects that you're trying to trying to reach today? Um, if you viewed it from their angle, how, how are they interacting with you? Yeah, I, mean, I, I think it's helpful to talk about them separately as you laid out. So let's, talking first about our customers, we, we have unique, if, if we are nothing more than you've paid for insurance so that if you've got a claim you're covered, that's fine. That is core to what we do. You know, when you're buying insurance, the product is against a claim so that if I have a loss, you're going to get me covered. But that's not really what it's ultimately about. And for our customers, it's about how do we make them safer? How do we help them be safer? So as a great example, a major focus for us right now is what does it mean to zero in on making our drivers, who already are on average very safe, there's not having lots of accidents, but how do we make them even better drivers? And that's about using the technologies we've been talking about and engaging with them real time. So we have something we call DriveSense Mobile, which is all about being able to help you and track as you drive and give you a report card on did you know that if you were if you just take your foot off the gas a little bit more, you'll be a far more safer driver, or you cornered too tightly three times today, and the, you will be a better driver, <clears throat> you will be safer, people around you will be safer, and by the way, you will pay less in your insurance if you can leverage the, these data points that we can share with you. That's how we are engaging with our customers. We're also engaging with them by giving them more tips and understanding of how can we help protect them better. So that, that's a good example of for our existing customer base. And then for non-customers and people we would want to be our customers, it's how do we give them tools and engage in the conversation. So I gave you the example of don't catch and drive already. But another way to engage with us is, you know, we were playful. We created election insurance this past year. And that was tapping into an American sentiment around the presidential election. Obviously, it was a hugely engaged election process. But we did it in a very culturally relevant way, which frankly started as an April Fool's joke, where we, on <laughs> April 1st, we introduced election insurance. <clears throat> For those of you, if your candidate loses, you can leave the country and we'll take care of your home while you're away for the next four years. Uh, <laughs> so it was uh, just a uh, uh, very playful, and it, it, was, it wasn't making a bet on which side, because uh, we know everyone had an opinion, but it was regardless of which way it went. 
And you know, as an example, in our uh, quote-unquote legal copy, it said things, we don't guarantee that nobody will build a wall around your home, nor that they won't claim your assets <laughs> while you're away. Uh, so the, it was, again, being playful and got the play that you just listened to. But what was interesting was we, we knew it would be fun, but the engagement on it, we had, we had over half a billion impressions on that asset. We had people talking about us on MSNBC and Good Morning America. Uh, so it was, went so far beyond an April Fool's Day joke, and in fact, we brought it back during the uh, conventions and beyond and added a sweepstake saying, hey, if you want to leave the country, you can win $10,000 to check out your new potential home and got another whole swing of engagement. And I, I give those as examples because when you say, how do we engage with people? We were engaging around modernizing protection because then, of course, we say, well, we, we may not actually protect your home when you abandon it, but, and that, of course, gives some proof points of how we are there in modern, innovative ways and was reinforcing insurance for the modern world, which is core to our brand, that does it in smart, innovative ways driven by self-service. So that's just one example. Uh, last year at the Super Bowl, we engaged with customers in very different ways, you know, essentially hijacking the game overall by having people tweeting throughout the game and wound up having more tweets. And Forbes wrote about us you know, taking over, winning the hashtag ball. The, you know, we had four billion impressions and far more than any other brand and frankly any, any other hashtag other than Super Bowl itself, hashtag Super Bowl. So it's how do we engage so that our consumers, either ours or consumers we would target, are having conversations about us and with us and enjoying it and engaging in content. Major League Baseball is another way. We have a major partnership with them, but we did it our way where it's focused, the uh, vast majority of the focus is through digital, uh, teaming up with Major League Baseball to create the first all-star balloting done completely digitally and co-designing websites and mobile sites. Uh, and how do people engage? People, most people aren't these days going to go watch lots and lots of three-hour games, but they are going to want to watch the highlights on their mobile device of their favorite team, their favorite players. So we entered into the conversation by helping support that and then talking with customers about how we're modernizing baseball along with baseball. And it's, again, how we do partnerships. So there are more innovative approaches to how to go to market, to create conversation, to enable others to have those conversations in modern ways, but leveraging data and insights and technology. Those are awesome examples of success that you're having. I'm, I'm curious, you know, how... A lot of CMOs struggle with measurement. And how do you think about measuring those large initiatives like that? Is it multiple measures across kind of the pathway? What's your approach? They are. And I mentioned earlier the dynamic tension between brand-oriented and performance driving. And the best campaigns to me are clearly oriented to both. That doesn't mean every campaign has to be equally both. They make a, a campaign may major in one and minor in the other. So if we're doing a deep digital campaign, it's clearly majoring in performance, but it's also supported it better also support brand development. If we're doing election insurance, it clearly majors in brand development, uh, but also we're going to look at what the performance measures are. Ultimately, our roles as marketers 
are to drive growth in the business. We do that by ensuring we're creating a value exchange with our customers. We, by knowing what they want and delivering it for them and then communicating and engaging with them in ways that they want to engage with us and about us and in, in common passion points. So the success measures for us are very much things like, are we driving consideration of insurance? Are we building confidence in the brand, which while we're one of the biggest insurance companies and especially successful in our subcategory, which is the self-directed insurance consumer, which is the fastest growing part of the category, at the same time, we're far younger than our major competitors and spend a whole lot less money. So in the, for us, it's how do we build more confidence in the brand and then create that consideration. And then ultimately, are we driving quotes? Are we driving policies? And are we doing so efficiently to drive the growth in the business year over year? So we care about all those and we measure our campaigns collectively against those with very deep media mix modeling, with multi-touch attribution by leveraging that marketing tech stack we talked about a little while ago. Stepping back from all of the day job, if you will, what, what fuels you? What drives your success? So ultimately, what drives me personally is delivering results and doing so by understanding consumers and delivering for them and not just in a pigeonholed marketing communications way, but rather I and my team really focused on helping the organization know what are the products and services we need to create, what are the, how do we build experiences, you know, especially in our business digitally, but not just digitally, and then how are we communicating that. So for me personally, I love looking for white spaces, and by that I mean, and this has been true across my career, What's going to drive the growth in the future? And, you know, I was in packaged goods and then I moved into healthcare. And the reason I took that move into healthcare was I was, it was in 1999. And I wanted, I saw the internet as the major next place that we were going to drive value and growth for companies and consumers. And I had a chance to move into a category where I owned driving that. So for me personally, when you say what fuels the success, what fuels my passion, my energy, it's delivering the results, but always looking forward at how to innovate, what's changing, where are things going. You know, things like AI that we talked about before and the connected life are critical to the future. So how do we lean into that? And then it's all about working with, finding, developing the most amazing people who are smart, dynamic, who are energized, who are proactive, who are innovative. And then you better be able to have fun with them. So we laugh all the time. <laughs> and if you're not laughing, if you're not having fun, then you know, it's just not worth it. And you're, by the way, not going to deliver on the rest of the things we talked about. I love that. If you're not having fun, it's not worth it. So what brands or companies are you watching? Are you following or taking notice of? So I mentioned one earlier, actually, and that, that's Amazon. And I, I really think they're doing amazing work. Alexa is so forward-thinking, and not just Alexa, but how they're thinking about connected life. Um, they're innovative. They're focused on technology and self-service and, and customer-oriented all at the same time. Self-service doesn't mean don't focus on the customer. It means quite the opposite. It's how do you deliver for people what they want in the most innovative and uh, 
innovative ways that are delivering for them. So I, I love Amazon. I think Starbucks is really interesting. Uh, it's another way of creating, they found new ways of creating social interactions and they're always pushing themselves and whether it's how they entered in digital and social media, um, how they leveraged mobile has been really quite advanced. And then another brand I just love watching and talking with uh, is Under Armour because they <laughs> talk about a rocket ship that yeah. you know, identified an opportunity and lived into their brand purpose. I talked about our purpose. That talk about a purpose-driven company that's really all about how are you creating value for these athletes. And that doesn't mean it's about the apparel. It means it's about, again, by the way, connected life. And mm -hmm. I think all of those are brands that are doing really impressive work. And I think their results are showing it. Well, and with Under Armour, if you're talking to Andy Duncan, you get a two-in-one, right, with him coming from Amazon going Right, that's a great, great point, right, exactly. <laughs> so, I, hadn't, um, I hadn't even thought about that, but it's spot on. Yeah, yeah, so you could kill two birds with one there. Um, but <laughs> so what, <laughs> what, uh, one last question, and you've talked a lot about this already, but I'm just wondering, you know, maybe we put a different spin on the future of marketing and where it's going is, is you know, what, what should we be watching out for? What should we be incorporating as marketers going forward? Yeah, so I, in some ways, it's a back to the future that let's never lose sight that as marketers, our primary charge is to drive growth, but how? And it's through insight and depth of understanding of our customers and would-be customers and that's not just about data, though critically data is, about, the future is about the data and the insight that comes from that. But it's what's the humanity that that data brings forward? Or <clears throat> said another way, that we as marketers bring out the humanity and understanding and depth of how, meeting needs. And that's always been true. That's the back to the future part, is knowing customers is what marketers are all about. Driving growth is what marketers are about. In the future, it's not about being generalists. It's also, by the way, not about being so specialized that, oh, we've got our performance marketers or our brand marketers. We've got our creative types or our data types. We've got our media that splits across 10 ways from Sunday, or we've now got the data, the marketing technologists. Yeah, those are all true, but the future of marketing is about the integrative marketing, the integrative thinking, where we expand our skill sets and we always, always hang into that center of who are these people and how do we deliver for them, both, and because as we deliver for the consumer, we deliver for our companies. And how do we not stay just in the place of marketing communications, but rather what is what are those experiences we need to build, whether you're a customer or not, and how the two bridge together, and ultimately, Yes, the communication too, so that they want to talk about us and want to build our brand because we know them and we're delivering for them. That's the past of marketing. It's also the future of marketing, just a new skill set and a new toolkit. Well, Alan, thank you for coming on the show today. Thanks so much for talking with me. I've enjoyed it. If you want to understand how marketing is changing 
and how that will affect your brand, you need Future Proof, the podcast from Kantar that tells you how to find growth. Created in conjunction with Side Business School at Oxford University, the Future Proof podcast provides a unique perspective on what truly makes a difference. To understand what's winning in marketing, subscribe to Future Proof, a Kantar podcast now.